Um, I want to preach to you from Psalm 126 uh, this morning and share some stories with you. And if we get far enough, I want to share with you a little dream that God's given me in the last week. And um, well, I hope you get something from it. Psalm 126 says this, when the Lord brought back the captives to Zion, we were like men who dreamed. Our mouths were filled with laughter, our tongues with songs of joy. Then it was said among the nations, the Lord has done great things for them. The Lord has done great things for us and we are filled with joy. Restore our fortunes, O Lord, like the streams in the Negev. Those who sow in tears will reap with songs of joy. He who goes out weeping, anybody feel like that? Carrying seed to sow, will return with songs of joy, carrying sheaves with him. Here you've got, essentially it's a psalm uh, talking about, it's a psalm of the sense. Uh, when the Lord brought back the captives to Zion, uh, about 500 years before Christ, uh, Babylon was invaded by Persia, I think it was. And so the Israelites were now allowed to be heading back to Israel, along with many other nations that had been exiled and all kinds of things had gone on. And here you get this sense of being able to go back to a homeland and a dream and a purpose. And it says, when the Lord brought back the captives to Zion, we were like men who dreamed. In my NIV version, there's a little note that says, um, we were like men restored to health. I wanna talk about dreams and hopes and prayers this morning. Um, God is the God that brings dreams to pass. He's the answerer of prayers. In fact, I was just in the office before coming out to, to, to be with you here. And, and I noted the Revived Stories book that you can get on Amazon. And it's a book packed with story after story of essentially uh, uh, mums and, and doctors and consultants and solicitors and school teachers and every other kind of profession in between. Scientists who turn to God in a, a moment of difficulty or with a major life issue of difficulty turned around and said, um, God, will you help me? And then God intervenes and helps and God breaks through with the miracle. We have a God who breaks through with miracles. Are you playing that keyboard? Paul, I can't hear it from here. Let's have a little bit more keyboard in here if we can. Um, he is the God that brings things to pass. And so I wanna talk about hopes. And, oh, that's nice, Nigel, thank you. Hopes and dreams. God is the God who brings trauma to an end. He ends trouble. Is anybody in a long-term uh, sickness? I want to talk about the hope of the fact that even though we go through periods of long pain, God is a God that restores and brings dreams about. They kind of, think of it, there has to come a day when the prayer is answered and God breaks through for you. And, and the picture here in this beautiful, beautiful psalm is, we were like men who dreamed. I want to talk to you about being like men who dreamed. God brings things to pass. That's who he is. And kind of near the end of the psalm, it says, he who goes out weeping, carrying seed to sow, um, will come back with songs of joy, carrying sheaves with him. It's that feeling, that thought of, I'm sowing my last seed. <laughs> this better work. 
Is there anybody out there and you're feeling, I'm, I'm giving my, my last offering, as it were. I'm giving the last bit of energy to a cause. I'm praying my last prayer for this sickness to end. Oh, I feel like as a church saying, we're, God, we're, we're giving one last push for us to get into a blooming building and move forward with this thing. If you're sick of hearing about it, trust me, I'm sick of, uh, of, uh, of talking about it. God, get us into a movement of our future. And you know, when you end up in the birth canal of God's purposes, it can seem dark and almost like it's the very worst of times. But I want to talk to you about a God that turns us into being like men who dreamed. That's what he's like. Galatians 6, 9 says this, Do not become weary in well-doing, for you will reap if, Everybody type in if, right? Put if in the comments. You will reap if you do not give up. Sometimes the main thing you've got to do is not give up. And you might be carrying out your last seed with sorrow. It's the last thing I've got in the barn, God. I better get a crop from this, otherwise it's over. Well, listen, it says those who go out weeping, carrying their last seed to sow will return with songs of joy. There comes a day when joy begins. So whether it's hopes, dreams, the end of a particular chronic trauma or sickness or difficulty, whether it's lockdowns or buildings or you want to be married or you don't want to be married. Oh, Lord, help us. I don't know how to help you with that one. Uh, uh, whether it's, you know, wanting children or, or a particular career change or, or just crippling debt for too long. I want to encourage you today, hang on. He's the God that will make life dreamlike. He does it in small ways very often. Um, I sat reminding myself of some of these this week. I sat reminding myself of the days when life became dreamlike. And I went, I can't believe it. He's done it. <laughs> it's not very good for a Christian to say that, is it? I can't believe it. He's done it. He's broken through. I can think back to some of you who'll be watching either now or on demand in the week. And the moments in your life, uh, I've been privileged to play a small part in, at least to stand by your side maybe and support you and encourage you. And that moment, that look on your face when you go, I can't believe it. He's done it. I'm debt free or the pain's gone or uh, I, I finally met the one, right? Um, God does it in small ways and in big. And I want to encourage you. I believe we're coming into a season when God is going to fulfill so many things in unexpected ways. And we're going to be like men who dreamed. Um, little wife, I remember, I, you know, I was a missionary kid. So I grew up in Gibraltar with my parents and there was times when we didn't have much money. I mean, we were homeless a couple of times and had to trust God for a lot of stuff. Uh, but I remember one season, for instance, uh, when uh, we, we didn't have much money and didn't know who did it. Did it was an angel or, or a friend or an enemy? I don't know. But we lived in, a, in an apartment block, Paul, and in the bottom of the apartment block, you get all these letterboxes lined up in a row at the bottom. And, and so that's where you got your post. You know, it's the same today. Rather than make the postman walk up all the steps, you'd have your post box at the bottom. And we'd come down in the, in the morning and our post box would be stuffed full of banknotes. And it became so common that 
as kids, me and my brother Jason, we would argue over who would get the postbox key and go down to check this morning to see if an angel or a friend or an enemy or whoever <laughs> had just stuffed our letterbox full of notes again. We were like men who dreamed. Little ways of God going, I can't believe it, he's done it. I want to encourage you this morning because we overcome by the word of our testimony. We overcome by each other's stories. He's the God who breaks through, right? I remember being in Africa once and um, we, were, we were bang out of money. We were up in the middle of nowhere in Zimbabwe and we had no money. Uh, we had no money for breakfast. So it was, a, it was about to be kind of, you know, a dry <laughs> old toast sort of breakfast. And a couple of us were quite insistent. No, I really feel we should go for breakfast. We were in this, you know, slightly dodgy hotel and we were hungry and just needed a treat from heaven. It was like, there's no money left. There's no money left. There's no money left. And then we opened the wallet to find the wallet stuffed full of notes that hadn't been there before. We were like men who dreamed. That's, that's my God. Make, make that your God too. I want you as I speak to think of your moments when you remember we were like men who dreamed. I remember being at Bible school and I, which was all the way down in West Sussex and I, I wanted to come up to Hull for one of the breaks in between terms to come and see mum and dad. And, and I had no money to get a taxi to the train station and, and then from the train station back home. I had zero money, but I felt God say, book the taxi, you're gonna go. And there I was in the early morning, roughy place. So, you know, we, Paul and I both been there and um, I was in the early morning worship and I had my taxi booked, but I'm going to God in the middle of my worship as I go, you're faithful, you're faithful. Waymaker, miracle worker. I've, the taxi's coming and I've got no money, God. And then he just said, just keep going, keep walking. There's a lesson for us, just keep walking. Keep doing what he says to do, keep worshiping. Keep your eyes on him. And, and when it came to the time for me to walk out of the hall and go pick up my bags, which I left in the reception area of the Bible school and go get into the taxi, as I walked out and I walked into the reception area, there on the bag was a brown envelope. Oh, as a Bible college student, I loved brown envelopes. <laughs> <laughs> and I ripped open the envelope. There was enough money for the taxi. And I thought, well, okay, I get as far as the train station, but that's not going to get me all the way there. But I stuffed the money in my pocket. I could at least pay the taxi driver now. Picked up my bags and I'm just walking out the door when out runs someone else. Do you know what? With God's miracles, there's often someone else is going to open the door for you. Even Jesus had John the Baptist that opened doors for him into his purpose so he could step into all that he had to do. God wants you to receive from someone else very often. But uh, Jim, Jim Pemberthy, do you remember Jim? Yeah. He, he ran out the door from the worship hall. Wait, Jared, wait. God's just told me to give you something. And he disappeared to his office and he came back with the rest of the money that nobody on God's earth knew I needed. And he plopped it in my hand and there it was paid for. And I got into that taxi and we headed to the train station and sat on that back seat. I was like a man who dreamed. Little ways, little ways. God wants to give us dreamlike moments in our every days. We need to be asking him. Yeah, we do. I remember uh, going into, to, to, I was looking for a car for itinerant ministry and I saw this nice new shiny car and God told me book it. Now I had to really check my flesh on that one because I like shiny cars. Um, but God said, book it. I told, I told the garage that I had a rich father. <laughs> well, it's true, it's true. And uh, well, by the time I had to pay for it, 
You know, it took six weeks to build it and then ship it over here. By the time I had to pay for it, somebody had gone. Are you trying to pay for a car right now? I want to pay for it for you. And it got paid for. I did it again a couple of years later. And God said, buy that car. And I, I went and I, I bought it. But uh, uh, so I actually had a bill to pay on it. And I remember it, it took a couple of weeks, but I was down ministering in David Haddon's church. And David Haddon walked up to me and he said to me, somebody in the church had just come up to me and said, you've got a bill to pay and they want to pay it for you. And I looked at him, I said, well, I hope they like big numbers because <laughs> this isn't a 25 pound bill and the car was paid for. Now look, I've paid for many cars in normal ways and I've given away a couple of cars too in my lifetime. You really got to know you got to hear God. Start with taxi rides and build up before you do silly things. But he wants us to live like men who dreamed supernaturally. In, even in these, what I think are quite small ways, Right. I remember being quite lonely again at, at Roffey Place down in Horsham. I was I, at Bible school. I was, I was a bit lonely, a bit of a really wanting to grow in God and not feeling like I, I, I was. And I was sat uh, listening to Colin Urquhart preach and he's preaching away. And I kind of zoned out a bit, if I'm honest. And I was kind of um, staring through the window in a gaze. And then just a sentence came from God. He said, your Jonathan is coming very soon. And I knew instantly, you know, the Jonathan David relationship. And the next day, so that was a Tuesday night. That's when we used to do those open meetings, wasn't it, Paul? On, on the Wednesday morning, I'm walking through a corridor of the Bible school and an experienced prophet who wasn't called Jonathan walked up to me and said, God's told me to be your Jonathan. I walked away from that conversation like a man who dreamed. What, what about big ways? So I, I traveled to a few countries with, with, with this man and, and prophesied over royalty, did some awesome stuff, got a load of medical equipment into South Africa uh, to set up a hospital there. And, and all the medical equipment got stuck in the port in Durban because we, we were too dumb to realize we needed an import license. You know, we were just mad Christians going for it. And um, uh, well, the stuff we'd managed to get all the way to Durban from the UK, uh, to help set up this clinic in the northern area of South Africa was going to be sold on the black market if we didn't come up with an import license very, very quickly. We couldn't afford one and we didn't have the time to get one. But while we prayed and worshipped in a little cottage in the middle of nowhere in South Africa, uh, the head of imports happened to be walking through one office where one of our friends was explaining the problem. And this, this head of imports would walk down this corridor through this reception, maybe, maybe once a month, something like that. But he happened to pause as our friend is telling the story. And he tapped the friend on the shoulder and he said, come to my office tomorrow, I'll give you your import license. We were like men who dreamed. You know, when that breakthrough comes and it's no longer, I'm praying, I'm trusting, I'm trusting, I'm trusting. Listen, uh, once you've gone through the evening and you've gone through the night and you've gone through the, let me change my metaphors, the birth canal of the issue, there has to come that moment when you, when you wake up and the pain is gone, when you wake up and some breakthrough has happened, when the building has come, when that marriage partner appears, trust God with your life. He's the God who wants to make it. So your life is like men who dreamed. That's what our God's like. Um, <coughs> I was, uh, I, I always thought I'd marry quite early 
in life because I'm not very good on my own. I'm a bit useless. I, uh, <laughs> ah, Paul, we used to go on holiday together when we were both single. And yes, we we're both pretty useless as single men. And so I thought I'd, I'd marry early. But the truth is I was a bit of a plonker early. So that's probably why God didn't let that happen. And, you know, as you go through, you know, 25, 26, 27, 28, nothing, 29. And I got to the age of 30 and still nothing. And then one day I, I got invited to go preacher at a church, never been before. And, and the, the church administrator wrote the letter with all the details in. Uh, and as I read the letter and at the bottom it said, you know, whatever it was, yours sincerely, Victoria Mansell. As I read that name, God said to me, that's your wife. Well... Uh, I kept praying about that. If, if I'm honest, romantic things aren't, aren't very good done prophetically. I really did not want it to be prophetic at all. I wanted it to be the most normal thing in the world, but actually it was the most prophetic thing in the world. And for two years, God spoke to me about Vicky being my wife. And then at the age of 32, finally, we got together. We were together just six months because there's been two years of prayer and getting to know each other leading up to that. But then comes the moment when it all tumbles together. There's the letter, that's your wife, there she is. You can see God weaving things together in ways that you never could. And I was like a man who dreamed. What a babe Vicky is, right? I was like a man who dreamed. And you know what, when it came to our wedding day, um, the wedding reception, we went to this, we, we, we booked this really nice place for the wedding reception. Well, we were trying to book it. We, we got in there and, and we said, you know, we're, we're getting married in September and we'd like this to be our reception venue. And we're, we're chatting to the lad who does all the bookings in this rather posh place. And he says, so you mean September next year? And we're like, oh, no, we mean the 21st of September this year. And he says, well, that's just not going to happen. That's three and a half months away. That's impossible. He says, let me go and look at the diary. And off he disappeared. And then he walked back a couple of minutes later, looked at us wide-eyed and said, well, you two are the luckiest couple alive. We've just had a cancellation for that day. We were like men who dreamed. I'd bought a house just before we got together. Little did I know it would be being finished. Literally door handles polished and carpets laid the very day we were married. As we're saying our vows, the carpet fitters are fitting the carpet. And we went straight into this brand new little home that I'd bought even before we got together. And it just had taken that long to build. We were like men who dreamed. What are your dreams? What are your hopes? What is the trauma that you're praying, God, this needs to end? At some point, I need to wake up pain-free. At some point, I need to wake up and this is sorted. At some point, I need to uh, meet that person. At some point, this job needs to change, this hope, this dream. Listen, you serve a God who makes it so that we're like men who dreamed. 1 Thessalonians 5.24, I'm kind of finishing off now, says this, the one who calls you is faithful and he will do it. I'll read it again. The one who calls you is faithful and he will do it. He will do it. He's faithful. That's our God, right? I mean, what are the similar things in these stories? Number one, be very clear what you want God to do. 
I would say even write it down. And maybe if it's one of those long-term, you know, <laughs> the, the longer term the problem or the dream is, the more dreamlike it is when it comes to fruition. Ask. Bible says you have not because you ask not. Be very clear what you want God to do. That also enables him, if it is a wrong want, let's say there's selfish motivation or a greed motivation there, it also gives the space for God to say to you, really, wh what about this? Sometimes we're kind of half right, but not fully right. And we've got to track that with God. But I know this much, if you're sick, he wants you well. If you're depressed, he wants to put a garment of joy around you. He wants you to be at peace, nothing broken, nothing missing. And so, right, be clear, ask God. Number two, stay faithful. Keep putting one foot in front of the other. I'm keeping on until he comes through. Do not be wearying in well-doing. Why did Paul write that to the Galatians? Well, because we do just get weary and bored and is this ever gonna happen about some things in life? But it says you will reap if you don't give up. Keep putting one foot in front of the other. Plod on. Don't sit and sulk. Do you remember the story I sometimes tell about my brother taking me for a walking holiday in Scotland and we were walking like, I don't know what it was, about 30 kilometres through the night. And him and his mate were just well into hill walking. They do it all the time. But I'm a city boy. I walk to Costa Coffee and back. That's all I do. Well, about 17 kilometres in, I just decided I was in such a bad mood. I'm not walking anymore. I've had enough. And I sat down and sulked. And do you know what they did? They just kept walking and ignored me completely. It wasn't going to help anything to take the blindest bit of notice of me. And they kept walking. And that's what we've got to do in life. You can't sit and sulk because the timing hasn't fit. You keep going and you trust God. You're the God who makes it like we dreamed. And finally, number four, what do you do while you wait? Worship, right? That's what you do while you wait, you worship. And you keep saying, God, it's, it's your battle. Like Jehoshaphat's army, God, it's your battle. It's for you to do. God, we want to give you all the praise and all the worship. It's your battle. It's not mine. I'm trusting you with it. I had a dream the other night. And uh, uh, in the dream, I was about to fight Mike Tyson. <laughs> That's just not a good dream. <laughs> <laughs> so if you're into boxing, now, uh, of all the people, why Mike Tyson? Well, Mike Tyson was essentially, there's loads of great boxers, but he was the most fearsome, the most scary boxer. He'd usually beaten his opponent before they even got in the ring just because he was so fierce. To, to look at and to contemplate being in the ring. So I'm, I'm having this dream of, I'm about to fight Mike Tyson. In other words, I'm about to try and do something I'm really not gonna win at. And then for some reason, this is where dreams get weird, right? I'm trying to write something out on a, on a computer regarding the fight. And I remember I was there with my brother and I'm going, Jason, there's no I on this keyboard. I can't write the word fight. There's no I on this keyboard. And then, then Vicky woke me up and I went, oh, thank goodness you woke me up. I was just about to fight Mike Tyson. And I didn't have a clue what the dream was about for about two days. And I was on one of my prayer walks and I'm walking along and I just felt God say to me, do you know what? There is no I in fight. It's not your fight to fight. It's my fight to fight. So I've, I've taken the I out of the fight, Jared. Your job is to worship me, 
stay faithful, keep going, keep trusting, keep thanking, like Jehoshaphat's army, keep saying you are good and your love endures forever and trust that I will come through and make you like a man who dreamed. What are you trusting God for? Are you in the key of E? What are you trusting God for, eh? Trusting for him to break through with you. Well, maybe you need to worship this morning. Quietly in your home or in your heart, if you're walking down the street listening to this, or, or maybe loudly, if you've got space to raise your hands and go a bit nuts, you can do that too. But I just thought this was a good song to end on and I'm going to sing it over you while Paul plays because this is kind of the song of the moment, really. You are here, moving in our midst. We worship you. We worship you. You are here, God. You're working in this place. I worship you. Sing it over your life. I worship you. You are here. You are here. Moving in our midst. I worship you. I worship you. You are here. Working in this place. I worship worship you. You are the way maker, miracle worker, promise keeper, light in the darkness. My God, that is who you are. You are the way maker, miracle worker, promise keeper, light in the darkness. My God, that is who you are. Now, whatever you're facing, I want you to place before God right now. Lockdown, depression, buildings, chronic illness, situations that keep recurring, death that just doesn't seem to reduce, uh, loneliness, uh, the desire for a partner in life, the longing for children, the, whatever it is, lay them before God, the, the little and the light things and the chronic and the long-term things. We have a God who brings the captives back to Zion and makes us like men who dreamed. And I want you to worship either in your heart if you could, or if you can do it, literally raise a hand over those things. Write them on a pad if you can. Scribble them on the front of your Bible. And you say, God, I am trusting you with. And I will keep worshipping over this chronic sickness, this barrenness, this lack of a job, this trouble in finances, this building issue with the church, the, the desire to see my family saved. I want my marriage to be happy and healthy. God, I need you to break through. And God, you are stronger than my husband who struggles or my wife who struggles or my teenagers who are struggling. God, you're more than it. You're more than it. And so I worship you. You are here, turning lives, turning lives around. I worship you. I worship you. You are here. 
you Cause this is who we are, he is to you Waymaker, miracle worker, promise keeper Light in the darkness, my God, that is who you are We stand in faith, yes you are The waymaker, miracle worker, promise keeper Light in the darkness, my God, that is who you are. Waymaker, miracle worker, miracle worker, promise keeper, promise keeper. The one who calls you is faithful and he will do it. Promise keeper. Do not become weary in well-doing, for you will reap if you do not give up. When the Lord brought back the captives to Zion, we were like men who dreamed. We were like men restored to health. Our mouths were filled with laughter, our tongues with songs of joy. And it was said among the nations, listen to this, let it be said about your life, the Lord has done great things for them. The Lord has done great things for us and we're filled with joy. Father God, I lift up before you right now every dream that is in the waiting room still, every hope, every person with chronic illness, chronic pain, degenerating conditions. Father, those who are struggling with their minds in this time, I lift every single one of them before you and I speak your blessing over every one of them. Be strong, persevere, do not give up. We speak to the building situation for revive. Be strong, persevere, breakthrough. We speak over the churches of Hull and our longing for revival and unity and harvest and people being saved. God, we long to see this city shine with your presence and your power and your glory. God, we trust you for it. I speak over those that are lonely and waiting for partners. I speak over those that are barren and longing for children. We speak over those longing for spiritual children. We speak over those whose marriages are, are struggling and difficult. We speak over those who are, who, who are waiting for partners in the home or teenage children to come to Christ. We, we, we speak over those who are, who are just struggling in their marriage, whether there's salvation in the home or not. God, and we, we ask you, you once again to make us like men and women who dreamed, who dreamed, who were restored to health. We speak to those in crippling debt. We speak to those struggling with employment in this time. I speak over those who are worried about the future because of all the situation with the pandemic and the prospects. Some of you that are coming to the end of education and you're supposed to be entering the workforce right now. And I speak to you, listen, you have a God who makes your world like you were someone who dreamed. You are going to say, I never believed he could do this. Look what the Lord has done. Look what the Lord has done. Look what the Lord has done. If you want to encourage yourself, get revived stories. It's dozens and dozens of stories of miracles. And essentially, you could just write over every single one of them. Look what the Lord has done. Do you know how you overcome? You remember the stories. And if you don't have any yet, borrow mine. If he can break through for a scallywag like me, 
he can break through for you. God shows no favoritism. If you ask in the way that he tells us in the Bible, ask in faith like a son asking for a father. If you persevere, don't just sow, but persevere till you reap. If you plod on and keep going, don't give up. And if you worship in the waiting room, you're going to find God has done amazing things for you.